0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 72 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by our friends at Kentucky Performance Products, Casual Company, and Greenflower Botanicals. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse, brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program.
2: In today's show, we're learning about the day in the life of a racing steward, the people we need to thank for working to keep active racehorses safe during their racing careers. We give you our tips for occupying a bored horse, and we introduce you to our adoptable horse of the week. Catch you later, bro. Great name. I know it really is. Our listener of the week is Anna Moore at Anna Moore 1313. If you'd like to be our listener of the week, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Now back to the show.
0: And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the Retired Racehorse.
2: This is Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. And this is Joy Orr in Detroit, Michigan, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Now,
1: I am on the cusp of vacation. Tomorrow morning, I am going to figure out another way to hurt myself by... (laughs) <laughs> Taking on the slopes in Park City, I'm going skiing, which whose idea of a good vacation is going somewhere cold? Not mine, but I fought it for many years and the husband finally wins. So we're not going somewhere tropical. We're going skiing, which I got to say, I'm pretty
2: excited about. But, I mean, there's but, always saunas and hot tubs near those things. We can, there's boots. We can look forward to that. There's always <laughs> booze. Oh my gosh. Hot toddies. Yeah. And,
1: That's what I'm talking about. But you are on the sidelines. You're injured. You're laid up. What the heck happened to you?
2: You've heard it before. It comes in threes, Jamie. That's where we are. And I'm hoping I'm on my third and I'm not an exception with a fourth. So I'll, I'll back it up to something simple. My dog, being the impressive special creature who evolved incorrectly, she is, she scratched her own eyes because she likes to be meticulously clean. So she's now wearing a cone around my house and she's the size of a fourth grader. She's this giant German shepherd knocking literally everything <laughs> off the tables. She ran like runs into the door and she's been trying to find ways to scratch her eye to reopen it. It's just, I ordered this fancy German face shield for her. It's this whole It's a cone of shame. Who are you kidding? It really is. So I'm like, okay, that's like the worst thing I'm dealing with right now. Then we go to my lessons and we, Astra and I have been smashing it. She's enjoying the jump training. We're really starting to build her up. Everything's going well. So I'm super stoked to get into our lesson that week. And then this horse, it's like either be compact as possible. Like we're running through mud Or she's full-on galloping. I'm like, what is up? Like, are you in a heat cycle? What's going on? And she came in perfectly fine in my brain. And then she started bucking. I've had this horse for four years. She has never once offered a buck. She'll offer me a lot of other shenanigans, I'll tell you that. Has never offered me a buck. So I'm like, okay, I sat it, it was fine, scared some children who are out getting ready (laughs) for their like third ride that they, that was great. And then, so I'm like, we're stopping the lesson. Like something is clearly wrong. This horse has never bucked, never thought about it. And I'm looking at her. She's extraordinarily stoic. Didn't realize that she was also in a ton of pain. So I look back at her and I'm like, oh my gosh, you could visually see the difference in her hips. It was at like a sharp angle. And I was like, all her butt muscles are super tight. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So did she hurt herself like out in the pasture or something? We're thinking she might have slipped, like running around like some thoroughbreds like to do.
1: The dang (laughs) snow basin up there in Detroit. Yes, because I'm in Winterfell.
2: (laughs) 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 So she must have been doing something stupid with her friends. Um, She probably fell out there. So she's been off. From work for two weeks, but she does have her own massage gun now, which has been helping to keep everything loose.
1: Is that one of those like pulsing massage b- 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 like, that you yes. see? And in you the can com-
2: bet I got an Amazon coupon. Got that thing for 40 bucks. Are you serious? Does she like it? I'm,
1: I'm always She loves of, like- it.
2: So I put it on my Instagram. I'll have to put it on Retired Resource Radio's Instagram. But yeah, she was like falling asleep to it. It was insane. Was she scared of it at first? Did you have to desensitize no, her? No. I- did it the same way that you would do like clippers for the first time of the horse. So just letting them see it the first couple times. And I just had it on her neck a little bit, but like the side of the gun. So it wasn't the full impact. And I would just give her like a little like alfalfa pellet just as she was still like, everything's good. You can do scratches too, if you don't like treats for your horse. And then we just like went for it to see her reaction. At first she was she was a chestnut mare, slightly suspicious. Gave me some side eye like, "What, what you, what you doing with my butt?" <laughs>
1: Snorting.
2: Yes, and then all of a sudden, was the big sigh out, wow. and then we saw her soft. She was there for like thirty minutes. She was great.
1: Oh, that's cool. So that's mm-hmm. a, so you recommend that? Well, I always. Buy all the things you buy, so send me the link because yes. I'll need to buy one of those. Will do. I caution Between- don't go
2: as tough as you would on yourself, they're sensitive, just right. light, light touches.
1: That's <laughs> cool. I'm going to check that out. And then you are like a pirate right oh, now yes. with an eye patch.
2: Yes, now we get to the number three injury number three. Um, I thought during my time off I'd work on home renovations because we bought this new house, and so that, that turned out not to work out in my favor. I always tell people I'm in like the Crayola Crayon house. Whoever lived here before literally picked the brightest colors for each room. I have Robin's egg blue. I have mauve. I have lime. I have sherbet orange. Like, what do you want? I got it for you. So we're like, let's tackle the mauve. Five gallons of primer later, all our beautiful walls are now white that were once fleshy. And I'm feeling good. Took all these 90s curtains off and... I must have angered the spirits of the home for not liking their decor (laughs) style. One of those spring loaded curtain rods went off and hit me in the eye. So I was Uh, in the ER Sunday night.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's brutal. That's terrible. That's gross. And I don't want to talk anymore about it. You know what? I can put medication in a horse's eye. No problem. I Mm -hmm. can stick my arm in a necropsy tour. I've done all those things. But don't talk to me about anything human. No.
2: No, it's not cool, but I'm hoping that's my three for three and I would love to be going on vacation after all of this. I
1: don't but, know, uh, man. Maybe
2: I shouldn't go because apparently
1: our show is jinxed, but unless you took all the Negatron vibes. And listen, get
2: I took one for the team. Thank they always you. say arrow to the knee. That was for you. <laughs> that was <a> great trip.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so sweet of you. Well, hey, we've got a really cool show coming up because I'm really excited to introduce you to somebody who I have met and spent some time with. And uh, her name is Julie and she's a safety steward at Remington park. Mm. Just such a fascinating job and just an, in a day in the life, kind of look at our thoroughbreds and kind of how they live before they come to us. You know, this is not racehorse radio, it's retired racehorse radio. So they did have a job before us. So she's going to talk a little bit about that. She's also a former jockey and she's just a total bad, a chick. And so we're going to do that. But before we get to her, let's go ahead and check in with our title sponsor, Kentucky Performance Products.
0: This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com.
3: The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Researchers have confirmed that as horses age, they naturally become less sensitive to insulin and more susceptible to health problems caused by too much sugar in the diet. One way to reduce the sugar content in a horse's diet is to replace sugar-laden grains with a high-fat supplement. Fat is an extraordinary energy source. It is readily utilized by the horse and contains more than two times the calories of sugary grains. EquiJoule Stabilized Rice Bran is an excellent fat supplement. It contains a balanced calcium-to-phosphorus ratio and won't cause mineral imbalances when added to the diet. Its all-natural ingredients are high in healthy fat and fiber. Best of all, EquiJoule allows owners to easily replace the calories previously supplied by sugary grains. When you need to add healthy calories to your horse's diet, choose EquiJoule. To learn more, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com.
1: not only do we like to really dive into the past life our, of our retired race horses that we have, we also like to highlight super bad-a-chicks in the horse mm-hmm. world. And I am so pleased to have on Julie Cagno. Julie is, God, blessed. You've done everything in the horse world that there is, it seems like. Thanks for joining us today.
4: Thank you for having me.
1: So, uh... I got to tell you, Joy, Julie and I met because she was doing an inspection of my facility for the Mm -hmm. Thoroughbred Aftercare Alliance to make sure that I'm up to date on all my things that I need to have. And um, when we started talking, we just talked and talked like we were friends forever because Julie and I have been in the same places at the same times. We used to both gallop at the Thoroughbred Training Center in Lexington at the same time. What a small world. Yep. It is. It is. So, so, Julie, tell everybody a little bit. You don't have to start when you were born, but you pretty much born loving horses.
4: Is that correct? I would say I, I don't know where, when the love started, but I took riding lessons when I was a kid. Somewhere back then, I can remember starting in the the horse life. So,
1: did you 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 started riding lessons, and you're like, I'm going to be a jockey. Please don't grow. Is that what okay.
4: uh, Actually, there are two things that you know kind of come to mind first: is being a jockey or being a veterinarian. And at one time, I thought I was going down the the path to be a veterinarian, but somehow I ended up with racehorses. Uh, there was a racetrack near where I was, and started went out and got a job walking hots, and then learned to pony, and then learned to gallop. And from there, the racehorses have taken me everywhere. They've literally taken me around the world several times. So I've been very fortunate in the opportunities that the racehorses presented.
1: So I think you raced almost 1,400 times. That's how awesome this chick is. 1,400 races almost. And talk about some of the... I I don't know where to start with you. How old were you (laughs) when you were like, I'm going to be a jockey?
4: I'm not... Not quite sure when the, the, the reality set in because from a young age or, or from a teenager, I said, not young age, but as a teenager, when I started exercising horses on the racetrack, of course, I wanted to be a jockey, but I ate too much. And <laughs> one thing about being a jockey, the scale rules your life. You everything you do is determined by your weight. And I wasn't quite ready to give up the eating in order to become a jockey. So I galloped horses, I ponied horses, then I ended up in Kentucky and I was breaking yearlings. And that it, it was actually one particular horse for a person that had been off for a couple of years and I had been exercising the horse, and I knew the horse was perfectly sound, was in good shape. He just had not raced for several years because the person that owned him just had him turned out in in his field. He just had been busy with with other things, and this horse was ready to run. And it can be challenging for a trainer with only a few horses to get a rider to commit to riding a horse that's been off for a long period of time, several years. And I knew the horse, and I said, "You know what? I'll ride him." And that was the start. I watched myself ride my first race. We finished third, and all I could think of was, "I can do that way, way better." I look horrible. I got to do something, (laughs) And 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 that was the impetus. From there, I was like, "Okay, now I need to learn how to get my weight down." But I wanted to do it. With at least some knowledge in nutrition, so I'd taken nutrition classes so that I could, you know, kind of do it right. I didn't say I did everything right, but I started running and got myself fit and my weight down, uh, so that I could be a jockey. And that was when I finally made it a career for a number of years.
1: So, what was this horse's name that you started with?
4: Clay Kaiser. Clay he, Kaiser. He, he, yep, he was also my first win. I think maybe eight starts later. Um, both of us broke our maidens, so it um, <laughs> <laughs> was that's, the start.
1: That's uh, awesome. So you had this dream. You became a jockey. You worked hard at it, and you said it took you all over the world. W- where did it take you?
4: It, so after being a jockey or for being a jockey for a while, I then became an outrider. So that was kind of my next step along the racing world, and I, I outrode a number of race tracks. Then the next progression in the career was working in racing offices, so gaining racing official experience. And it was along that route that I ended up getting a job in Dubai working for the Emirates Racing Authority. So that was the, the start of the international travels, was being able to go to the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, to work there. That then led to an opportunity in China. It went to China, helped the China Horse Club in overseeing the import of their horses from Europe and Australia into China to race in China. That led to an opportunity to go to India as a consultant for the Hyderabad Race Club and for their apprentice jockey school. So it seems like one thing just morphed into another opportunity. And I've been um, fortunate enough to to be able to grasp at the opportunities that were presented to me.
1: Yeah. Never say no. Cause when you say no, everything stops. And that seems mm-hmm. like you just kept saying, yeah, I'll, sure. I'll do that. What the heck? So, yep. so
4: <laughs> exactly. out, of all,
1: out of all these different jobs that you've had in the horse world, is there anything in particular that you really re- like, what is the one you're like, yes, that was my favorite.
4: Oh, uh, picking favorites is not something I, <laughs> I do. I can highlight, I can say that being a jockey is awesome because if you've got a taste for speed and competition, what's there. But outriding has, you get to work, spend years working with your own horses to really develop them into professionals that enable you to just do really fantastic things. It can be really rewarding as an outrider when you catch somebody that's in serious trouble. So there's rewards to that. The traveling <laughs> has been great. And now as a steward, being able to put all my knowledge together and my experiences to be able to utilize that for being a steward. It's just, I don't know. I'm horrible at picking a favorite.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm looking at the list of horses that you've ridden, and there are some that want a lot more money than others, but like if I said the name Road to Attack, what would you think of?
4: I think he won four in a row, all within the space of one, if I remember correctly, 36 days. So he was just a tough, hard knocking horse trained by Mike Lake.
1: Wow. Wow. And then you have another horse that won just about the same amount of money. Do you want to dance?
4: What a neat horse he was. He, this horse, he would come from so far out of it. Like the first time I rode him, I, can, I think it was the first time I rode him, we were going six furlongs, and he just walked out of the gate, and I was like, I had to ride him from the gate to the wire. I rode every jump of the way, encouraging him to pick it up, come on, let's get in gear. And boy, when he got in gear down the stretch, he just passed everybody in the stretch. He was another really neat horse.
1: How about? I love that you get like just saying these names conjures up such a an image for you. uh, Because you did these were your top three successful horses. So the third one is Jeff's pick.
4: Do you remember him? He now again we're going to see if memory is correct. (laughs) We're going back a couple of decades, I believe. But he was also trained by the same person that trained. Do you want to dance? He. His name was Jeff. <laughs> I've drawing. I am drawing <laughs> black on his last name. But yeah, he was a, a very nice Indiana bred.
1: And then now you've ridden stallions, you've ridden colt, I guess they colts, Phillies, and Geldings. Is there a di diff- by the way, the trainer who was Jeff's pick was Jeff
4: Blackheart? <laughs> <laughs> I have the
1: benefit of Equibase right in front of me. So. Yeah. Are <laughs> <laughs> you lucky? So, between mares, colts, and geldings, was there a, a preference?
4: I don't think when I was riding, I ever had a preference. When I became an outrider, then geldings, and when you're ponying, geldings are definitely the preference because you're just able to mix them with so many other different horses without having to deal with, you know, the, an issue like you have with a mare colt, but mare I don't bubble. think when I was riding, yeah, that I had any issues or had a favorite, I guess.
1: So I have to tell you my outrider story. I was at Keeneland and I only rode the babies. Okay. Just the babies. I couldn't handle once they'd run once or twice, I wasn't strong enough. So I rode the babies, but one day we had to gallop one of the big, we call them the big horses, and we had to gallop on the big horses, and the exercise rider didn't show up. I still remember his name. I won't say it on the air, but he didn't show up, and so they were <laughs> like, you're up, and I was like, I can't ride that horse. That's a big horse. I don't ride big horses. I just ride the babies. They were like, you're up, and they threw me up on this big horse, and I was supposed to go from like all the jo- jog around the back and just canter him around one and a half times, Okay. I get him jogged around the back and I turn him around to go the correct direction and that sucker takes off. Oh my God. I thought I had been on a horse that was galloping. No, never. This horse took off something so fierce. And I remember there's an outrider. That's kind of where the finish line would be. We were on the training track down below. So right kind of the entrance and my horse streaks by him. And I was like, Hey! <laughs> so, the horse keeps going by, and I look over, and this Al Rider has his Western saddle, and he's got his leg over the horn, like sitting sideways, and he's talking on a cell phone. Now, this is in like 1996, so his cell phone is the size of like a suitcase, right? <laughs> so he's sitting there on this horse, the leg over the horn. I am flying by. I didn't even have goggles. So like tears are because I, I I just couldn't stop him. I just couldn't slow him down. He was gone. And tears are streaming down my face. And I come all the way around. This we're flying. Now I know I'm gonna get in trouble. Oh god, I'm gonna get in so much trouble. I'm getting so much trouble. And finally the horse gets tired enough to stop. And he kind of stops right where the outrider is. And I was like why couldn't you help me stop? And he goes, you stopped, didn't you? <laughs> I was like, oh, my
2: God. my gosh.
1: I thought you were here to protect us. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm assuming that you were probably a
4: better outrider than that young buck. I'm not going to make any comments there. But I'll tell you something <laughs> interesting about outriding at and- Places where there's a very large crowd. I outrode at Arlington, for example. And if there is a loose horse, a crowd of 5,000 people is going to cheer for the horse. (laughs) 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 you will get zero support if that horse gets by you (laughs) in fact i've had it happen where they got by me and and the crowd they just they started cheering and clapping now to give them their due when you do make a nice catch the the cloud does the crowd does reward you with clapping but they tend to support the loose horse
1: Oh yeah, run babe. We've all watched those videos where I've seen some amazing saves by outriders. But yeah, we've all seen those videos with the horses just flying and everybody's just watching them go. So your job now, let's go to where you are now in the world, which is a safety steward. And I find this fascinating because your job is to protect our friends while they're doing their job. So talk a little bit about what a safety steward is.
4: Okay, so a safety steward is a steward and for the, those that aren't familiar with stewards, are essentially the judges on the racetrack. They oversee horse racing, they ensure that the rules are followed, they issue licenses, and ensure compliance with everything related to horse racing—watch Review the watch the races, review the objections, conduct hearings, Every everything that's to be overseen. As a safety steward, I have an additional eye on the safety of horses and riders. So I am spending a lot of time, whether it's on the backside, on the the racetrack, racing strip itself, in the paddock, watching what's going on, looking to ensure in the best manner that I can, everybody's safety. So whether it's horses or riders.
1: So if you see a horse being led around the paddock
4: that looks off do you push button and flag them? Now that would actually Mm -hmm. come under the veterinarian's jurisdiction, but let's just say I noticed a horse, not necessarily in the paddock because the vets are there routinely for each race, but even say on the backside or during training hours, then I would notify the veterinarian. So I would share that information that I've seen. I've noticed something that they can follow up. So, the
1: horses are making their way around. Are you? Do you go in the barns in the morning and make sure everybody's behaving themselves? I, I don't know. I
4: am in the barns. One of the things that I'll be uh, paying attention to is the safety equipment. So the helmets and vests that everybody wears that's on horseback, they have to meet certain safety standards. So I'm very familiar with the different styles and the brands. So then that that might be one of the things that I would have an extra focus on while I'm walking through the barn area or watching horses train on the track.
1: So so when you walk into the barn, is
2: everybody like, shh, shh she's here. She's pretty be quiet, she's yeah, here. I was going to ask, do you have like a uniform or something that identifies you as the-, <laughs> the clipboard? The controller? <laughs>
4: I'm not going to say that everybody's thrilled when any type of regulatory person walks into the barn. <laughs> I mean, that's just life. But there's also, there are many more that are happy to have regulators walking around the barn area.
1: Absolutely, those are the people that you you want to be friends with for sure. Now, listening to you go from exercise rider to jockey to outrider to all of these different avenues in the horse racing world, what what is something? And I I didn't let you know I was going to ask you this, but but just listening to this, it begs the question: If somebody like me, I wanted to be, I wanted to be in the horse racing world when I was young. What advice would you give to somebody who wants to get into your line of work? Mm-hmm.
4: Do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. If that's what you want to do. It. There's nothing stopping anybody. It's something that you're. There's a number of avenues to gain experience. There's farms and training centers where a lot of people get their initial groundwork and their exposure and their experience on on just handling a racehorse. There's also people that just go to a racetrack. You can go to the stable gate any morning early during training and very likely get a job. And it'll be entry level, it'll be walking hot, butchers pulling the horses out after exercise. But there really are always trainers that are looking to hire help. And so you- anybody that wants to do it can do it.
2: Um, so, Julie, I was going to ask, is there a certain certification or course or anything someone would need to take to become a safety steward, if that was a a job they were interested in
4: in most jurisdictions, in order to be a steward or safety steward, they are looking for the, what we call rope um, accreditation, which is the racing officials accreditation program. So Mm -hmm. that program is what, is the standard in the United States for people to be to be stewards a lot of times other racing officials will take that course so that would be the place for from the perspective of being a steward as far as anyone that wants to work with racehorses there's no accreditation
2: needed okay so good to know multiple careers open for anyone interested in working with racehorses
4: Absolutely, it just takes
1: a little bit of extra bravery in your life when you wake mm-hmm. up in the morning. I think a little
4: yeah. bit of
2: maybe a little a liquid of courage special. if you're someone like me.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Although, see, it, it all depends on where you want to go with that. You know, not everybody <laughs> has to be a jockey. So uh, there, there are other things for those that that, that don't have that attempt at speed. It's <laughs> so funny, maybe. I. When I galloped,
1: I never wanted to be a jockey. Number one, I do like to eat. So that was a problem. <laughs> and number two, I, I, I was like, oh my God, they pay me $10 to ride a horse. Like just I take it out of the track, I geared around, I get off, I make ten dollars. Like I was a millionaire. Okay. At 19. <laughs> that was like the biggest money I'd ever seen. <laughs> jockey probably would have been better. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Only no, if your heart was in it. Uh, <laughs> well, exactly. Julie, as diverse yeah. as your career has been, I hope it's okay if I ask. Do you have like, you've probably seen some wild, crazy, or even just hilarious things on the track. Are you able to share like maybe one of the funniest stories or anything she you've is seen? She's a
1: safety steward, so she has to be careful. <laughs> <Jesus>. Yes. <laughs> change change names well, if you need to.
2: <laughs>
4: Yeah. <laughs> well, having said that, I, I was in the spill myself at River Downs, and I was watching the replay. And I had some family members and friends with me. And as I'm watching the replay, I'm like, "Oh wait, let me go back." And I was like reviewing it really slowly because I wanted to see everything that had happened, like each step, what led to what. And also that helps you in either preventing or being aware of, or preparing for different outcomes. And apparently for some people watching me get run over by a horse over and over, they, they weren't too comfortable with that. But for me, it was just like, well, this is all part of, this is what happened. I watched exactly what I did and how this horse went that way and how, and even what the feet as they went over me. So to me, it was just really interesting, but I guess not everybody sees it that way. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's like,
1: I can't even watch those videos where people fall off their horses now. Can't imagine that being me and dissecting a video of myself going. Getting run over. 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 Yeah. Oh, uh, well, Julie, this has been so fun. When does the meet start back up so we'll get to hang out again? And you can, because she, you know what? Julie doesn't gamble on horses. I don't know how she's able to do her job with a place in a bet, but apparently she's not allowed to. Self control. Self
4: so, control. Yeah. Not only <laughs> not allowed to, but they also have no interest in gambling. So that makes it really easy. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Listen, I'm a big bettor. I I will bet $2 to win on the... I am
4: go deep in, Julie, deep in. <laughs> now, for me, it's more about the association, but just the environment, the atmosphere, the, the, the horses. I, and I understand gambling's very important for our sport and support it that way. It's just not for me. So it makes it easy. And to answer your question in Oklahoma, both Remington Park and Will Rogers Downs will start racing again in March. So you'll be able to um, start again.
1: Fantastic. Well, if anybody has any further questions for you, or they want to ask questions about your job or how to get in, is there a place where I can send them to get in touch with you?
4: tell you what if they get in touch with you and you can forward anything to me i am more than happy to respond to people's interest and especially people that that want to get involved i am more than happy to to assist and encourage anyone that wants to be a part of horse racing because horse racing has been very good to me and it's, it's taken me around the world so it's a great it's the greatest game
1: Thank you so much, Julie. We appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your story with us. Thank you so much for having me. Cashel Company helps you enjoy the ride with their full line of trail bags and tush cushions. From cantle bags to horn bags and everything in between, comfort and convenience on the trail is what Cashel does best. To stay up to date with the latest products and news, follow Cashel Company on Facebook and Instagram. And to find their products, visit an authorized dealer or visit CashelCompany.com.
2: Well, Jamie, I know I gave everyone a novel about my bad luck over the (laughs) the last few weeks, but it made me think about that there's a lot of horses, especially as many of us are going through cold snaps with a lot of ice, the snow comes in, it melts, goes away, all that fun stuff, that our horses might be inside a lot more if we're in colder climates, or the horses who are on stall rust because they might have been competing and got an injury, they get bored. I'm bored with my stall rest, so I can imagine horses do too. So I found this article from Farmco Agriculture, and they talk about seven ways to find boredom busters you can try for your horse. And I'm wondering if you tried any of these. Okay. So the first one is introducing balls. So we've probably seen horses with the jolly balls. I have mares. I've never had a mare interested in one of these jolly balls before, but you're a gelding gal. <laughs> have you that ever tried those? It's the first time anybody's ever called me that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to write that down
1: to put the gelding ha- gal. I like it. But I just, for Christmas, my best friend Larissa just gave me a jolly ball, like one of those big giant rubber balls, a mega mm. ball or whatever to play with. So I haven't inflated it yet, but I have two two-year-olds that I know are probably going to hurt themselves on it. Um, the The only one I've ever used is it's the Shires ball horse feeder. It's basically like this tiny little piece of hard plastic, but it's like shaped all these triangles around it, a prism type thing. And it has a hole in the middle and you put like alfalfa cubes in it or alfalfa pellets. And then oh, you nice. put it on the ground and they roll it around. And I have not had one smart enough to really understand what's going on. With <laughs> that's because you have geldings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they well, dump that's... the food out. They're like, what happened? I don't understand.
2: Well, that's a great it. segue to tip number four. I'll jump down, which is using feeder toys. So there's plenty out there. If you're on social media and you're a horse person, you're probably bombarded by ads because they use those algorithms to find you but any type of feeder toy that dispenses treats when they play with it. So that's a great one. And there's also some, I know we've used like uncle Jimmy's hanging balls before there's like the lick it trays any of those you can hang in the stall as well if they're stuck but they gave a great tip if you're not willing to pay for that you can make a diy feeder by filling like a plastic gatorade bottle full of small pieces of food be sure you're getting the edges not sharp so you don't end up with extra vet bills i'd say just spend the money on a professional who made it for you
1: exactly alexa show me uncle jimmy (laughs) <laughs> Alexa, show me Uncle Jimmy's hanging balls. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's
2: going to be a terrible Google. Don't Google show me that. Don't, don't do that. In other words, you can make a game for your horses bobbing for apples or carrots. My horses in, like I said, Winterfell, we're here, are not going to be bobbing for apples or carrots. But if you're in warmer climates, this is a great one you could do to set up a bucket. There's some apples, carrots, they'll float in there. And hopefully your horse is smart enough to come up for air as they're trying <laughs> to get those treats. So I have some who are not. <laughs> Um, oh, bless them. Yes. Grooming, another great tip. Take them out, give them nice long grooms or hop on Amazon and spend the money on a massage gun so you have the bougiest horse in the barn like I did. I
1: mean, for real, I'm so excited about that. I've, I've always wanted to try it because I see those ads on Facebook or it's like, Alexa, show me massage
2: <laughs> gun for horses. That's yes. all very could be taken as dirty. Sorry. So yeah, well, that's it's that's- a win-win buy because at the end of the day, your horse is like, nah, not for me. You have a massage gun for you and you only spent $40 to my shoulder. (laughs) That's a good idea. Just a couple more here. The traffic cones. You can go to Wally World and grab yourself a few traffic cones again, probably a gelding type of thing, but there might be some playful mirrors out there who want to toss that around. This one shocked me. Trying a mirror, I guess they can be entertained seeing themselves. If you have a very vain horse, first off, I want to know how your horse is vain. Like message us. I want to see photos of how vain your horse actually is. But, um, They'll entertain themselves looking at their own reflection, but they do warn, please check this in like an open area first before just sticking a mirror where your horse sees another horse inside their stall. Oh my gosh. Let me tell you,
1: it was terrifying. There was one horse at a barn that I was at and he hated himself so much that somebody not knowing turned him out and he ran right into it and cut
2: himself to pieces. So I don't agree with the mirror thing.
1: I'm, yeah, I have maybe. post-traumatic
2: stress because of it. Yeah, maybe double-check that one before you do it. And maybe that horse needed a life coach. That sounds traumatic.
1: I just Google, I Amazon massage guns for horses, and there's a very, there's like a million of them. So I'm going to need some more details. It's like
2: the heated vest. You, I was like, yeah, I can't I'll pick just a send heated the heated vest. One. This one is not one. for horses. Like it's not advertised for horses, but when you look at the models... save yourself for like once someone puts equine on the label, it goes up a hundred dollars. Let me tell you, you don't need that. Okay. Get the humid one.
1: See, good to know. Now there are some very beefy men massaging their
2: biceps
1: in this picture. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm (laughs) on tangent. Um, What else is
2: there? (laughs) Lastly, we're going to talk about slow feeders, probably our go-to for most of us who have our horses inside. So getting the smaller nets, if you can, as long as your horses are safe with that. So they have access to hay, it makes them eat slower, makes them impatient if they're my horse who's a Roomba and has to vacuum (laughs) everything off the floor, but it does keep her occupied, which is a great thing. Do you have any that you really like Well, you talked about the feeding ball, but it sounds like... Well, That's your go-to. I, I, you
1: know, the slow feeder hay nut, I have them. We have round bales here in mm-hmm. Oklahoma. And so I have a slow feeder hay nut. And so I bought one because everybody's like, you have to get the slow net, the chicks, uh, settle then mm-hmm. I got my dang horse. It was out on the ground. And nobody said, you can't use this if your horse has shoes. And so oh. my horse Drax is out in the pasture. And I'm like, hey, buddy, sh- sh- come on, time to eat. And he's just standing there at the round bell. And I'm like, hey, he's such a good soul. Time to eat. And he's like, he like kind of looks over her shoulder, like, and so I go down there, and both of his shoes are stuck in the net. Oh, I felt so bad, and he just oh. stood there, as like a little angel, a four-year-old baby racehorse, and I'm like cutting his feet out of this darn hay net. So now we've got it elevated above the ground mm-hmm. with the slow feeder on it, so he can't. So if you are using the slow feeder hay net, make sure that you've got it away from any shoes potential. Hey, before we, uh, wrap this up, I was talking about beef and hot guys. <laughs> oh my God. This horse. Okay. I'm segueing to into a horse right now. His name. Oh, yes. Catch you later, bro. Our now, new vocations
2: adoptable horse of the week. We have to talk about this. Egg. Oh my God. He's fantastic. This is a
1: solid bay, but with the black stockings up to his knees, He's sixteen hands. He's kind of a blood bay looking horse, and has that like classic thoroughbred expression look on his face. He looks like a, the hundred mile stare, the look of eagle sick hut,
2: and he is stunning. So tell everybody about a little bit about catch you later, bro. Yeah, so he's described as a cool dude. His bar name is bro. Can you just imagine just saying like, all right, and cancer now, bro? I, I just have so much fun with that, honestly. Oh, he's bro. Yes, bro. Super well built and super level headed, it seems. So his leading and ground manners, they gave him a level two. He's a solid citizen on the ground and easy to lead, doesn't need any chains. Great with grooming and tacking. He loves it, especially he likes a warm bubble bath. He is a guy who knows how to be pampered. As far as horse care, he got a level three. He's on any supplements, but they do recommend he has a joint supplement for regular work. And he does have front shoes. Riding, he's super soft in the mouth. How many times have you had the heavy-handed horse? And I don't know about you, Jamie, but I don't have the lats for that. <laughs>
1: they, no, I'm, I'm watching him, and he's very nice and forward-moving. And, mm-hmm. and he's at the Pennsylvania location. She just gives a little half halt with the inside rein, and he's in a frame again. He's going to learn to carry himself even
2: better and better. And I, There's no soundness issues with him, is there? Nope, it doesn't seem that way. He had a small knee injury but recovered well from surgery. Uh, and they think he's going to make it to a moderate riding career, including jumping. He really could take an amateur rider, even someone looking for a prospect to bring along. He'll be the right horse for you.
1: Fantastic. You can find him at horseadoption.com. His name
2: is Catch You Later, bro. Yes, for the super high, over-the-top price of $1,000. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's like he's free.
0: Hi, this is Roger McFarlane with Greenflower Botanicals. Every day we're asked the same recurring question. How can I know if CBD is going to work for me? Well, did you know that CBD or cannabidiol has now been researched for its effects on over 50 medical conditions, including some of the most common conditions related to the health of your horse? It's amazing how this one little cannabinoid found in the cannabis plant has been responsible for nothing short of a revolution when it comes to natural medicine. Listen, it's safe, it's effective, and it's given to us by nature itself. And here's the truth, the only way to really know if CBD will work for you or your horse is to give it a try and we want to make that very easy for you with our try and see money back guarantee so right now you can go to greenflowerbotanicals.com and receive 20 percent off when you use code hrn and here's the best part your purchase is backed by our promise that if you're unsatisfied for any reason we will refund 100 of your purchase so try some cbd today totally risk free by going to greenflowerbotanicals.com use code hrn at checkout and receive 20 percent off your entire purchase.
1: You know the drill. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website of retiredracehorseradio.com or like us on Facebook and Instagram. Search for Retired racehorse Radio. My Facebook page, which has lots of ponies on it, Fly Over a Farm, Jamie Jennings, Certified Monty Roberts Instructor. or You can shoot me an email, jamie at
2: horseradionetwork.com. My email is joy at horseradionetwork.com or find me on Instagram at the Question, where apparently I'm doing lots of new product reviews and demonstrating how to use them. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products, Cashel Company, and Greenflower Botanicals. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And spade, neuter, and guild. Bye, guys.